You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 202. Today, you're going to meet one entrepreneur that has 3X'd their business to the multiple six-figure level in under 12 months. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to one of our bonus Wednesday editions of the Mind Your Business podcast. I'm really excited about Wednesdays because this is an opportunity for us to introduce you to the Business by Design community, entrepreneurs that are absolutely crushing it so you can learn from them. They are sharing incredible stories and I have so many in the lineup, in the queue waiting for you. And today is no exception. In fact, this is a bit of a longer one. So I'm not gonna spend too much time here because I really wanna get into this. But I'm gonna tell you this episode is so awkward. It's so awkward because the person you're gonna hear from is someone that I rejected. You see that last year they applied to be in my mastermind. You know, it's a 30,000 plus dollar a year mastermind just to be a part of. And last year I had to turn away 10 or 11 people, which was hard. And this individual was one of those people. I had to say no to her and it's, you know, hearing from her now, what you'll discover as she shares her story is that no, that rejection letter was one of the best things that happened to her because it completely shifted her focus, her direction and her attention. And what she did in the past 12 months or a little less than 12 months has been nothing short of extraordinary. This is an episode not to be missed. You're going to hear the story of how one entrepreneur went from maxed out $100,000 a year doing one-on-one client work to ditching that, ditching their job as well, and building a multiple six-figure business in one year with their digital products and their one-to-many offers. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Powers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, very excited for today's case study before I introduce our guest. I'm going to start with something that most of you may know. Most of you may know that I run an intimate, exclusive 12-month mastermind. It's really expensive. A lot of people apply every year. And one of the hardest things I have to do is say no to people. Say no to people that uh, have taken the time to get on a wait list. They've taken the time to fill out an application. They get There's an entire interview and screening process. Uh, we don't take it lightly. And then I have the very challenging job of saying no to people. And on this call, I have one of the individuals that I said no to. <laughs> Anna Powers, how are you? Hey, James. <laughs> I'm doing so great. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> She's uh, definitely, you guys can tell, not bitter, not upset. <laughs> but yes, uh, Anna, if you want to confirm that last year you applied Thanks. and I, I told you no. Yeah, you rejected me. You mm. did. Rejection. It, it stings. <laughs> Maybe let's go in. I think that's a great place to start because, well, before we start, let me tell you the conclusion of the story. That's where our story begins with Anna. But why you should listen to her entire story is because that was, this was at the end of last year. 
and it's not even been 12 months. And here's the headline for Anna's 2018. She quit her full-time, very busy, time-consuming job, and she has doubled, more than 2 axed her revenue from the year prior by the end of quarter three of 2018. That's huge. And she's created at least two products. We'll get into some of the details. But imagine doubling your revenue by this time next year and you still have three months ahead of you where she's going to talk about where she is estimating where she's going to end up, which is more like 3Xing her revenue, which is absolutely incredible. And how she did it, her story, it's all here in this episode. But it begins with a big fat rejection letter, a big fat no from yours truly. (laughs) Sarah, you want to, you want to take us through that? Yeah, great. So yes, I was super excited with the way that my business went last year. I got to tell you, because I had been building the the business since 2015. So I have a, a background in law. I have a law license in Mississippi and Tennessee, and I was practicing full time. So I started my business in 2015 and I made a grand total of 50 bucks. What what did I got to know? Like what, how did you where did that $50 come from? Yeah, the $50 was for a coaching program where I charged $50 for 3 calls. No. Oh yes. Is I this did. still available? Can I can I buy this? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I will hire you for 15-16 an hour, sure. <laughs> and do you know how I found that client? No. Gonna, through Periscope. Wow. So you, you, you did a Periscope and then said like, I was promoting a $400 a month program and the person got on the call and like, couldn't do 400. So I was like, let's just do 50. Oh yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Lucky person. They're out there. They don't even know how lucky they are. Yep. That's right. So that was my first year's revenue. The second year I bumped it up a little bit, made just under 2,500 bucks. <laughs> and now you're still working full time. Still was practicing law full time. Practicing law. And that's like very time consuming. Absolutely. And I was a litigator as well. So this isn't even like when you're a litigator, you're under other people's deadlines. You're mm. under court deadlines. You're under the opposing counsel's deadlines. So it's a little different than even if you were a transactional attorney and you just get to say, oh, I'm closing X number of deals and I know how I can structure my time. So there's no pressure at all in this in this. Ah, you job, know, easy yeah. breezy. <laughs> easy breezy. Walk in the park. Let me ask you this. For an entire year, yep. you know, you're on Periscope and you, you do $50 an, mm-hmm. an entire 12 months later, which is, by the way, to go from 50 to 2,500 is a very big growth, but yeah. it's still $2,500, you know, yeah. what was going through your mind at this point? Were you defeated or were you like encouraged? Where were you at? I felt so defeated and I felt like a failure. And this is something that I don't know that we've ever chatted about, but when I began, I started out as a health coach and that was really tied to a personal story that I had of overcoming an eating disorder and you know went and got my health coaching certification but deep down my true desire was to help people build online businesses mm-hmm. and as long as I was denying that true desire and that true inner nudging I am totally convinced like my business never was going to work as a health coach. Right. That's like a, it's like a mission for me. It's a ministry, but it's not where I wanted to hang out in business. So I got to the end of 2016 and I had made my, you know, my total of little less than 2,500 for two years. And, and this I, was in the, this was health coaching. This was health coaching. Got it. Mm-hmm. 
and I had invested so much. And if you remember, actually, I met you in Chelsea at an Amy Porterfield event, like in August of 2016. That was of 2016. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we just we chatted briefly, and I'm just, I loved love meeting you guys because you're so sincere and you were so encouraging. But the thing is, like, that wasn't where my true passion lay. And as long as I was going to dig my heels in and just do that because that's what other people had told me I should do. Like I had coaches and it's not their fault, (laughs) you know, but they kind of heard my story and was like, this is, you know, this is a great avenue for you. But I knew deep down that I had a different passion. Mm. And it was only when I got really real with myself and said, you know what? I am not going to count all this money that I've poured into this business as loss. I'm going to reframe this and I'm going to say all this time and energy that I spent learning how to build this health coaching business that hasn't really taken off. I actually now can teach some level of business coaching because even though my business hasn't made a ton of money, there are people who have no idea what an opt-in page is or a landing page is. There are people who have no idea what a funnel is and can I teach them those basic simple steps of what a website should look like, how to set up your funnel, how to get an opt-in page, how to create a freebie. Like, yes. And I can charge, you know, what I feel comfortable charging or what pushes me a little bit actually to charge for Mm -hmm. that. And then I started thinking, what would be my differentiator? If I move into that business building space, what could I be really great at that I also love that the marketplace is also willing to pay for. Mm, great, by the way, great question to be asking. Yep. What is it that the market needs? How could I differentiate myself? What is it they're willing to pay for? Very yes. good, love it. Okay. And that's where I hit on copywriting. Mm. And so I switched everything. Literally, James had booked a photo shoot for the day after I decided to change my entire coaching niche. (laughs) So I had this whole photo shoot lined up with like green juices and all this jazz. And I was like, never mind, I'm wearing black leather and I'm going to be a business coach. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and I threw myself into studying copywriting. Um, I mean, I was an English major. I was an English teacher. As a lawyer, I write persuasively or when I was still practicing. So I had a hugely helpful background, but I really threw myself into the practice and the study of copy in particular, which is really different than any other other kind of writing you can do. And that is when the business truly started to roll. Yep. And so 2017, you still had your full-time job. Yes. I was still practicing law full-time and the revenues that year were $128,655.65. Dang. So I don't even know what the percentage increase in there is like 20,000% increase, which is amazing. So notice guys, what I'm hearing from Anna is that she went from two years of, you know, like 25, $2,600 total, got aligned and got clear and went from 2,500 in 2016 to 128,000 and change by Mm -hmm. 2017. And while still having your full-time job. So this is 128,000, not from your law practice. Right. That's only in my business. That isn't any legal income. So this came from one-on-one and service work and and coaching and stuff like that? 
Yeah, it came, I started really building the business through the copywriting and I was doing done for you. And I still had my attorney mentality where you bill in six minute increments. So I used to have these hours bundles for copywriting, (laughs) three hours, six hours. I started writing for launches and relationships were really key for me. So I had a few really key relationships with some web developers and some Facebook ads people who would send me clients. And then when those clients were pleased, they would tell their friends and so on and so on. And, and I built in coaching. I folded coaching back into the business model around August of 2017. So probably the majority of that 128 K was done for you. And even the coaching, I had no group offerings, no leveraged offerings. So mm-hmm. all of that money was like my personal time being put out. And it was at about this time when mm-hmm. I received your application for mm-hmm. the inner circle. And uh, that's where uh, I come in. I went through uh, your application and the numbers and obviously like you're very impressive and everything you've accomplished. And I was sitting there going, Whoa, look at what she's done this year alone. And then of course the thing that was like out of an integrity to the mastermind, mm-hmm. uh, was one of the requirements for our listeners is to be at a certain number of revenue that is coming from leveraged products. And at that point you had really just started coaching uh, mm-hmm. And so it was for that reason and that reason alone. It wasn't anything personal to Anna, and you know, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't because you know something she said or anything like that. And you know, we we had I think ten or eleven people more than we even had spots for. And so I had to make some tough calls. And that is you know when I had to let Anna know, which is the hardest thing to do ever. Uh, it really is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in business is say like I'm so sorry. Maybe next year. So what happened next? Or what was like, what was your response? Were you like, F this guy? What does he know? I'm going to prove <laughs> well, him wrong. If, you could, if your listeners could see my face, they would see like a face of like, oh, compassion and grace because I can only imagine how difficult it is. Like I know a lot of people in your current mastermind and I think that people who apply for your mastermind, James, like they're at a certain level. And so to have to say no, I can only imagine like how challenging that would be, especially just knowing you and Chelsea, just to the level that I do know you guys. And you're so kind that it's probably like the worst thing you have to do. Pretty much. It is definitely. So, okay. So you had some compassion, very mature of you. It's okay to have a day where you're like F this, but, but I know that that's when I asked you, you said that's really where the journey began for you. Yeah, it lit a fire under me because, you know, as much as I was totally bummed, of course, I was like, oh man, like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I knew when you started going there on the call, when you started saying like, oh, like all this is your personal one-on-one time and where your leveraged offerings, I was like, oh man, this isn't, this isn't going so well for me. <laughs> and I really like I knew in the back of my mind that what I had built wasn't scalable, but I was also in that place of like, oh, just like trying to be like super scrappy and I just got to get together what I can get together. And when you started pointing out one thing that you really noticed about me was well, like, it feels like, Anna, you're very committed to working hard. Like, why do you have to work so hard? Yeah, because I got to ask, like, yeah, full time law practice. You're doing done for you work and coaching that got you to six figures. I know you're driven and you wanted more. What was going through your head at that point where you're like, how am I going to work more? 
Oh, totally. I was like, there's no more hours. Like I could have taken on more clients. There were, in fact, that's what actually inspired me to move to part-time mm-hmm. uh, law in 20, at the beginning of 2018 was literally, there was one week that I turned down like $10,000 in people that wanted me to work with them. And that was yeah. like, more that was like double what I was bringing home in law. So I was right. like, this doesn't make sense. Like for a whole month, you know, <laughs> like this no longer makes sense. There's only so much of me to go around. Mm-hmm. But what I realized on that call, I'm going to tell you, like it felt crappy <laughs> to hear you like asking those questions, and it was like that kind of gut wrenching, like, oh my gosh, he's right. I don't have any leverage. I don't have any. Like there is only so much of me to go around and I don't have any space because I was working 135 hours a month in my business on top of practicing law time. So what's that? I don't even know how to calculate that. What is that a day divided by? It's basically like, I want to say it evens out to like a full work day plus like six hours ish. Cause I would pretty much work like two hours in the morning, go to work and then like another four hours when I got home. And then all day crazy. I can't believe that. And you were, you know, and one thing I love is that you did, you do protect the integrity of your groups, you know, and you do need for people to be aligned to the energy of the group. I really wasn't you know, as much as I wanted to be last year. Like I wasn't there. I didn't have the leveraged offerings. I didn't have that free space to really get creative yeah. and, you know, come up with better, more interesting, more helpful offerings because everything was just like kind of grinding it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because as we get into what you've done this year, I have to assume you're working less hours, oh, totally. less hours, and you're more than like two Xing and yes, oh, which makes, always makes me so happy. <laughs> like, I, just, I sleep like, I guess how much sleep I got last night. Eight, eight hours. No, James, nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleep in a little. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, it. and it's just, and I feel like a different person. Mm. I, I kind of look back on last year and I'm not even sure how I did that. Yeah. I'm g- grateful that I was able to do it, but I knew that I could not keep going at that pace. And that conversation with you and getting that rejection letter, I was like, there was just an element of like, well, I'm going to figure this thing out. Gosh and darn you, it. And you did. <laughs> you know? you uh, absolutely did. So yeah. let's let's go into like what was your first steps after that? What did you do? What happened? Yeah. So I thought, well, this sucks. I don't like feeling rejected. And, you know, I had friends who made it into the mastermind and I wanted to be hanging out with them. So let me figure out this whole leverage program thing. <laughs> so I signed up for Kajabi. Of course, I was I was in BBD. So I was learning from you for in that capacity. And I was like, I'm going to build out this copywriting course. It had been kind of swimming around in the back of my brain. And I knew that I had the skills to do it, especially at that point. I had worked with, I mean, more than 60 people privately, which again, such a huge number, but I was grinding it out. And so I knew where people were getting stuck. I decided, okay, I cannot wait until this is perfect because that's what was really keeping me from doing the course was I was like, well, I have my full-time job and then I have to be serving all these people one-on-one to make the money I want to make. And then where's the time left to build the course and and a market to get even more clients. 
Exactly. Oh my goodness. And so I knew that I just needed to like suck it up and build out that course. And even if it wasn't going to be as pretty and glossy and perfect on the very first iteration as I wanted it to be, that done was better than perfect for that. So that's the best advice of this whole episode. And I think we should just end it on that. How do you do it? Suck it up. (laughs) like so i mean sometimes that's the best advice like honestly like it's you know tough love but it's truth it's like suck it up and do it yep people like how am i supposed to you know the other people out there that are making magic happen aren't sitting there going but how am i supposed to they sucked it up and like sometimes that's what it takes if your goals and what you want in the future is more important to you than your circumstances you'll suck it up and you did. And I love that. Yes. So how, how long did it take to go from creating the course to putting it out there? Okay. So this is what I did. I really tried to take a page out of your book and, and really follow what you were teaching us because as much as I wanted to have the whole course ready to go and then market it, I was like, nope. Yes. Nope. It's going to get done faster. And so I announced it in March and I basically stayed, it's an eight module course and I stayed two modules ahead of my students. And I was creating it as we went along. Oh, beautiful. So, okay. So you launched it in March Mm -hmm. and how did it do? So we enrolled 28 people that first round. At how much? It was just under 10K in revenue that first round. The the whole thing. Okay. So it's like 10K per person. I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) Okay. So what, what is that? I I got it. I'd have to pull out a calculator. How much was that per per person. So I did, I did have like kind of some special considerations for current clients. It mm-hmm. was billed as a 497 course. Okay. Got I did it. like a little early bird for some people with a hundred off. I did like a half rate for some people that were like current clients. So there were kind of some interesting, <laughs> I got into a little wheeling and dealing there, Love it. but it was such a robust group of people. And what that enabled me to do, like I felt comfortable with that 497 I felt comfortable yet stretched enough with the 497 price point that I was going to enroll the people who needed it and then I could always bump it up from there. Yes. Now, here's the big question that I know our listeners are asking. So don't worry, listeners. I'll, I'll take care of you. You are busy with, yep. with your law practice and one-on-one clients. So, and I get that you had some of your existing and past clients sign up for this, but how'd you get the rest? Who'd you launch this to? How did you build an audience? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a great question. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I did, I did run some Facebook ads to it. Okay. So how much are we, how much are we talking? Are we, it was like 10 bucks, 10,000. Oh no. I think I did 2000. Okay. Good. Yeah. If I recall correctly, I think we did about $2,000 in Facebook ads. I did have a list of about maybe a thousand people at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a five day, I called it a mini course. It was kind of a hybrid between a mini course and a challenge. Yes. Yep. Very I love live video and I'm, I'm a pretty like kind of what you see is what you get person. <laughs> so I feel like people who resonate with me, the live video really connects with them more than like the super polished like webinars and things like that. Yeah. So I just went with what I knew my strength was and what my people are used to, you know, seeing from me. Love it. Love it. So you did 10K on the first one, had it out by March, dripped it out, created it as they went, kept two weeks ahead. You didn't stop there. No. So the cool thing about that is that (laughs) 
I realized my students were getting awesome results. And before we knew it, that two, that two month program was up. And so I could see, oh my gosh, they still need support. They're not really ready for like, I think my one-on-one coaching was 5k for a one-on-one program at that time. And of course that's still one-on-one time. So I thought, what if I created a small mastermind that's like six months that we have some group calls. I had a VIP level where they get boxer access, but super simple, like, you know, just keep it really simple. And basically what they're purchasing is my knowledge and know-how that, you know, I've spent, goodness gracious, who knows how much at this point, you know, investing in courses and training and coaching and building this business. And so, James, I didn't even have a sales page for that mastermind. Did you have an application? I did get on calls, like, but short calls, like 15, 20 minute calls. I limited the mastermind to 15 people. I had five in a VIP tier, 10 in a standard tier. And I announced those VIP spots. They filled within three days. All I did was email my list. That's Ooh. it. And your list wasn't much more than a thousand at this point. It might have been up to like twelve hundred ish, but yeah. yeah, not not a huge list. So what were the price points then? So the price points were uh, five hundred a month for the VIP level, mm-hmm. or three hundred a month for the standard. And it was six months or twelve. Six months. Six months. Yep. Awesome. And we filled it. Yep. Ah, well done. And it was just the coolest thing, James, because there was so much ease in that. It was such an aligned offering and it wasn't anything that I had projected or like sweated over or anything. I was just like, I think I'll put together a mastermind and I think I'll send out some emails and I set my intention. I write my goals and I put them on my fridge. So I had a space for each woman's name. It's a women's mastermind. So I had a space and as each person enrolled, I wrote their name and I just practiced like so much gratitude for each person. And we actually started with 14 and I thought, man, I'd set my intention for 15, but you know what? I'm not going to keep marketing this. I'm going to trust there's going to be another person who's going to need this. I'm not sure when they're going to come along, but I'm just going to kind of, you know, put it on the side and it's that spots there. And the day before our second group call, someone reached out to me who was the absolute perfect fit. No way. Yes. The day before. And I won't give all the details of her story, but it is so clear that that was her spot that was particularly being reserved for her. It was just like, I love stories like that. I hear stuff like that all the time, like all the time. Like you create the goal and then like the doors close or whatever. And it's like, Oh, I'm just a little short. And it's like, wait a second. It ain't over yet. Yeah. It can come in in so many different ways, but you're already like telling yourself it's done, not complete, not going to happen. I love that. It's so cool. Okay. So You've created two products and like, well, what time of the year, but is this now like, uh, like June? Yeah. yeah. So I did the mastermind as a follow up for the ma- the first magnetic messaging course, which is my copywriting course. So that we ran June through November. So we're still in that current iteration of the mastermind. And then I said, okay, great. Magnetic messaging was awesome. The first round, let me do it once more this year. So I promoted it in August. I bumped the price up to $9.97. Now, again, I always do special consideration for current clients. Mm -hmm. So there were a group of people who entered that program at $4.97. But we ended up with just over 30 people. I always have to think about who's in the Facebook group and know that like my team is in there too. (laughs) But just over 30 people and right around 20K in revenue for the second round. Oh, this is so awesome. So (laughs) up to date, year to date, 
in 2018, you've, you quit your job, you quit practicing law, at least for now. I mean, you could always go back and do it, right? Um, yeah, totally. My licenses are current still. So. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You've generated over 200,000 in revenue this year. Yeah, well, I've made over 200 in cash received and already this year, like on the books under contract, we've got right at 250. And we still have one quarter left where you're still planning some revenue generating activities. Yes. Where do you project you could end up? Again, guys, this is projection for the end of the year. Yep. But where are you projecting? So and this is this is really interesting, James, because last year I set my goal for this year as 360 and I could not for the life of me figure out last year, like, where's that going to come from? Mm-hmm. But I was just like, that's my goal and yep. I'm going to figure it out. And with the things that we have coming up on offer and what we're going to be promoting, we're on track to do that. 360, which is exactly yeah. what you said, even yep. when you didn't know how it, or where it was going to come from. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, guys, just to put this in perspective, last year, end of 2017, no digital products, no leveraged offers, 128K from mm-hmm. one-on-one service, which is great and like super amazing. It's not like wah, wah, wah at all. What I'm saying <laughs> is to go from that to now on pace to a $360,000 year, which is almost... 3x almost yep that's you just like you're three you could 3x your revenue yes let's just claim it james i know right right (laughs) that's it's incredible this is like a and and to like quit the law practice assuming that you know that you didn't want to do it anymore (laughs) i'm assuming you didn't it was clear that it was my time to transition and i really think when you it's all it so goes back to alignment Near the end of my practice, I remember sitting there like just simple tasks that I had done for, you know, eight years just felt so much more difficult. And that was kind of my cue that, you know, this season is is ending and it's time for a new season. Yeah. It's a great new season for for you. That's for sure. This I love is it. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm super proud of you. I'm thank you. I'm super glad that I said no to you. And <laughs> now I also know that that you you did join a mastermind. This this year with one of our guests that's actually been on the podcast. It's Colin and Sarah Boyd, who are amazing. Yes, um, I love them. I, I love them. They're amazing. And I found out because I spoke at the mastermind and I was like, oh, there you are. Uh, which is, <laughs> that's right. Was, so was being a part of their mastermind, did that inspire you to create one as well? You know, I think in a, I think that anytime you get yourself around people who understand what you're doing, that gives you new ideas and new energy. And I got to tell you, like Colin and Sarah were for sure instrumental in me having that courage to move fully away from the law practice. Mm, Because honestly, I had planned to do part time for all of 2018 just because it was that little security blanket for me. And in talking with them, I really got so much encouragement to just own who I am at my core. Like it's so much mindset and tuning in to who you really are. 
And then following that and making no apologies for it and not trying to shift and bend yourself into what other people's projections for you are, but just owning who you really are. Absolutely. Amen to that. However, what's very interesting too is this idea that you went into 2018 with this security blanket. When I look at what you've done and I actually think you are very smart. Well, we already know you're very smart, but very strategic and very safe like in that you mitigated the most risk as possible. Like yeah. you had a full time, you know, the law practice. Okay, that that was like, you know, the security blanket 2015, 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. And you went to six figures doing service based work. Like, all right, I'll do it for you. I'll do it with you. Blah, 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 one-on-one. And you're like, I'll take that to six figures. Then it was like in 2018, okay, now let's go back to some of those people and start creating a leveraged offer. And I think you launched it. You did your first launch before you quit the job. I did. And that was, that was a really, I mean, I'll raise my hand and say that was a, that was probably the hardest period. James Mm. was still having some done for you, putting the course together, marketing the course and, you know, still being full time. Well, you sucked it up though. I did. I sucked (laughs) it up because I knew I knew that on the other side, I knew that was just, it was just a sprint. It was a push. And I knew that on the other side, there was more freedom. Yeah, no, and I love that. But what I'm saying is that I think you did such a beautiful job of of mitigating that risk. Like every decision was very smart. It wasn't like reckless, right? Like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this income here and I'm just gonna figure it out and blah, blah, blah. And I see people doing that. It's just a little reckless. I'm like, I'm all about abundance and trust and openness, but you don't need to put unnecessary fear and doubt into your mind that you have to battle out. Yeah. It, it gives you a little peace of mind and saying, Hey, you have, I've right. There was a point in time where you had three sources of income, law practice, yeah. service, and one-on-one. And here's a course and a mastermind I can launch. And yeah. that's really smart. And then we can ease into the ones that are more aligned, more fun and more profitable and begin to let go of the ones that no longer serve us or on a previous chapter of our lives. And you did that. And I love it. And look at you now. And where are you going to be next year? That's what I want to know. We got to follow up with all of our amazing case studies. Very exciting. <laughs> I mean, if, if you 3X this year, like, who, you know, anything's possible for next year. So this has been amazing. What is, um, oh gosh, you know, there's always questions I want to ask once we get to the end of the story. Like one of them could be, let's do this one. What What advice do you have for someone who's like, strapped for time they're at where you were at like the start of 2017 yep okay my big advice is don't give up be gladiator like resilient and keep taking even if they're small steps like just keep taking steps forward because even if you feel strapped for time and you're doing an hour a day of something that's going to move your business forward, like you look back at the end of the year, that's a lot of hours. I mean, that's yeah. months of like full-time work that you've put in. If you will just keep moving forward and don't let that perceived lack of time hold you back from mm. going where you want to go. Perceived lack of time. Yes. We always yes. find time for the things that are most important to us, don't we? This is amazing. What is, I'll, I'll end with that. Like what is possible for you now? I mean, I, I have to imagine that you've learned so much in the last two years. It's been such a growth. What's possible now? Like where, what are you looking out towards in the sea of 
endless possibilities for yourself. Mm, Yeah. Well, one thing that I absolutely love, James, is that I have freed myself up from having to be based in one particular location. And so I love that possibility that, you know, if I wanted to move to another place, I could move to another place. And Mm -hmm. it's no longer about where can I find a job and an employer. I have gotten to work with people this year who I've looked up to in business for years (laughs) and from the copywriting side. And then I've gotten to serve so many people who are newer to the industry from the coaching side. So for 2019, I'm really looking forward to continuing to be able to travel to more space for creativity and play. I'm purposely ordering my year to build in that additional space for rest. I love what you say about the rest is the work. Mm And and continuing to serve people, but in leveraged ways that are accessible to them, highly supportive to them, but also allow me to bring my best and highest energy to the table. Love it. What's one um, place you're excited to go travel to next year? Ooh, I think next year a trip to Italy is in the books because that is the one place I've lived in Switzerland. I lived in France, but I've never been to Italy. Okay. So you've never been to Italy. So my wife loves Italy. More than I do. I think she likes it a lot more than I do because she's got some Italian blood in her. Mm -hmm. But we loved the Amalfi Coast and Positano specifically. Like we just fell in love with it there. We stayed there for like 10 days. I think eight, I think it was eight days. And like, it's just like, we became like the locals there. It was so amazing. But we did Lake Como in Bellagio this past summer. That was amazing as well. And Cinque Terre is is amazing. And uh, you know, there's the more touristy spots like, like Rome and... And Florence. I like I like digging in. You know, I've mm-hmm. always enjoyed going somewhere. If I can go somewhere for like three months, or like in Switzerland, I was there for a year. You know, and get and becoming uh, one of those yes, people yes. who people know you when you go to the stores, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think my big hangup with Italy is their internet is like still stuck in like 1997. So Ooh, good to know. Yeah, yeah. So that was a little struggle because you know you want to be able to like do a little work, you know, while you're living in a in a wonderful place, but you know, cause you feel transported back into like, I don't know, like the thirties or forties or something. Cause you know, may, and maybe even earlier, you know, there's like old cars and you know, just old architecture and stuff. And the internet's about the same speed as the 1930s. So, <laughs> you know, just, maybe, so maybe that's for a two week period that is truly just blocked off for pure with no vacation. internet. That, like that's, yeah. that's the expectation. I think you have to go to Italy with is like, it's a place to go to like really unplug. Um, mm. whereas like, I love the workcations where it's like, mm-hmm. get up, have a little morning routine. You have your like Americano out on your deck and, and then like, all right, let's do like two hours of work and then go do a fun activity and go out to dinner and stuff like that. But yeah, the internet, James, yeah. where do you recommend? You mean outside of Italy? Yes. Oh, pff, I mean, it's what I recommend is, is, you know, my weird personal preferences like most of my recommendations are going to be surf spots so that's that's for i either want to go to like ancient architectural like spots like like we went to stonehenge a couple years ago i want to go to the great pyramids next uh, or i want to go to a surf spot so like the last thing you want to do is get travel advice from me you do want to get it from my wife because like she basically wants and i've been really encouraging to do this to be video and writing like a travel blog while we're out exploring because we go and she's so good at like describing food and why certain places are better than that. So she's a much better person to, 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 uh, answer that. But, um, she's got tons of places. 
Yeah. But she'd say Italy. I mean, you love Italy. I mean, oh my gosh, you love Italy. Just, I'm just not the I'm internet. <laughs> just, <laughs> anyways, this has been so amazing, Anna. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad I said no to you because <laughs> it, it, it lit a fire. No, I'm glad that you interpreted it the way that you did. I'm glad yes. you didn't give up on yourself. I'm glad you didn't say, oh, I'm not good enough or blah, 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 which most of us do all day long. Mm-hmm. And you've made some incredible, incredible like decisions and, and results in your life. I'm just like so stoked. So thank you for taking the time to share. I really appreciate it. Uh, anything else before we, before we wrap up? I just want to speak a word of encouragement that, I mean, if you're listening and you were like where I was just a few short years ago and you poured your heart and your soul and your money and your time, and you've made 2,500 bucks, like you could be just around the corner from your six figure year and then your multi six figure year. And that's why I say just like, keep going. If there's that desire and that drive you have, like it is meant for you and it is your obligation to pursue it. Love it. Anna Powers, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see you all next week or next time on our next episode. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.